Ultimate Guide Podcast, Episode 52. I'm the boomer gal, Kaylin Amadio, and I'm very pleased to be back here at Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast. It has been a little while, and I'm going to tell you that story another time. Um, maybe actually by the time you see this particular podcast, uh, I will have already told the story. So you're going to have to go back and, and look at other episodes to see what's been going on in my life. Um, and I will definitely keep you up to date with that. But today I have a wonderful guest. She's in Toronto having a wonderful cold spring. We were talking about that before we started. I want to introduce you all to Beverly Golden. She is a writer, a raconteur, and we have a story about that. Peacenik and self-professed guinea pig who loves testing unconventional ways to shift paradigms in the playing fields of health and well-being storytelling and creativity as a path to world peace. She courageously uncovers the humor in life's crazy situations, offering hope while promoting inner wisdom through the written word. Trust your intuition, even when no one else sees your point of view, is her signature mantra. I like that. Now, I want to tell you about her best-selling book. It's called Confessions of a Middle-Aged Hippie, which is one of the best titles I've ever heard in my life. Confessions of a Middle-Aged Hippie, and it bursts with anecdotes from her years in the entertainment industry, coupled with her stories of survival from a life lived with health issues. Her passion is turning the impossible into the possible, and she shares her thought-provoking observations on the Huffington Post, among other outlets. So, Beverly, welcome to the Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast. Hi, I feel like I've arrived in the perfect perfect synchronistic place for uh, us to have an amazing conversation today. Cool. Um, and I am very glad to meet you, first of all, and I want to thank you for your time. I'm always amazed when when people say, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll take a half an hour out of my life and spend it with you, Kaylin. I think it's such a, a nice thing for people to do, so thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me. It's great. Sure. Now, I just gave people a little bit of your you know, bio, as, as we always do when, when you're the interviewee or the interviewer, you have a little bit of your bio. But um, would you mind sharing with people just a little bit more about you, your story, how you came to be doing what it is you're doing? And I never stop a guest from telling the rest of the world if they too are a boomer, but it's not requisite. As part I, of the conversation. I, I think to even preface the whole conversation is like the title of my book probably speaks volumes to that, right? I mean, I prefer to use middle-aged hippie, but it's okay. I said, I am forever a middle-aged hippie. Someone said to me, what happened to all the old hippies? I go, forget the old hippies. We're forever boomer middle-aged hippies, right? So yes, I am definitely a boomer. I am uh, smack dab in the middle of the boomer generation and living all the same experiences that all of us probably are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very good. So how did you come to be doing what you're doing? Yeah, I've done a lot of different things in my life. I, I mean, I've always been somewhat good with words, or at least people told me that. I always use words and writing as a way of communication and expressing myself. So a couple of years ago, I just, again, very synchronistically, had an opportunity to write a book. And after writing the book, be invited to write for the Huffington Post, you know, so like when thing, I really feel when things are in alignment, they flow. 
And it just seemed like my next step was to share my writing on a wider platform. I mean, the internet was obviously becoming really popular. Before that, it was a very different world in publishing and writing. Um, And I think the story of even writing my book was, for me, very telling in the sense it was I was almost led to this experience to write the book. And throughout my life, I've had a lot, a lot, a lot of health issues. And I've transformed a lot of health issues in my life that I would told would be impossible Um, The last one in the early 2000s, I was told um, this could go either way and more people thought it would go the way that I wouldn't be here. So there's a lot of gratitude, a lot of healing. And like I thought, you know, my stories maybe of transformation, somebody else will have some resonance with it Um, because we are in our world. We're facing more stress. I think that's one of the biggest challenges boomers have. The world is changing so rapidly and so radically, whatever used to be that we're maybe longing for it to go back to the way it was it just is not going to be possible so we're we need to be prepared on like all levels to move forward and to be i think open and willing to create new uh ways of living in the world new opportunities for ourselves. and certainly health for me has been that lifelong challenge so that's one of the things i guess that i'm also doing i write a little bit about it and i'm also involved with an amazing team and like, you know, our goal is how do you support people to live their healthiest and most vital lives? So that's a little bit of what I'm doing between writing. But I've always done a lot of different things. I think if you've been to my website, you've probably seen all of these things that I am. And, it, and you know, the challenge is how do you be, we created this word multifacetist. Mm-hmm. When you have many facets to who you are and really what, what stirs you, what is really, you know, you thrive on the creativity of doing a lot of different things in life. So uh, I'm one of those people. <laughs> that, well, that's the that's the typical entrepreneur. I told you that I I also do a, a business podcast, and I end up talking to a lot of entrepreneurs, and you know that's the life of the entrepreneur. You've always got a new idea, and you there's always new things you want to try. I was laughing with my next door neighbor uh, this past weekend because I ha- I used to golf when I was in college, and I was one of those maybe twice a year kind of golfers, mm-hmm. not an every week kind of golfer. And it became less and less and less. And long story, I haven't golfed in several years. And I've decided uh, uh, I've gotten into shape again. And I've decided I want to start golfing again. And I told him that I had uh, signed up for some golf lessons. And actually, my husband is signing up for golf lessons. And we're going to start golfing together Uh again. And I, I was starting to get a little obsessed with it. And my neighbor was laughing at me because that's that's always my M.O., Right. If I were to list my resume of all the things I've accomplished, especially now after you know more than five decades, there's a lot of stuff on that mm-hmm. list. And sometimes you look at it and go, how did you possibly do all those things? But when you get excited about stuff and when you have that entrepreneurial multifacetous, mm-hmm. is, that, is that what you called it? Multifacetous, yeah. Yeah, kind of spirit. You're drawn to all these things. And I tend to just devour something you know when when I start to get into it and then you become a little bit of an expert maybe not the best expert in the world but you start to know a lot about it and then you you know you just continue to move on and and share it with others which is one of the reasons why I I do this podcast and why I invite people like you on so that you can share your expertise because I I know we have we have that in common with with one another is that we like to take what we know and then share it with others to make their life better. Yeah, and I think it's a very interesting observation because, like, you know, there will be comments that the generalist or the person who has many interests, uh, it's harder for them to succeed in life. 
But, you know, for me, what's the alternative? Like to focus in on a life of something that, you know, really consumes all your time, but there's not really any joy or creativity right. or inspiration. And I think I'm driven a lot by my intuition, as you can probably tell from my signature mantra. And I'm also driven by imagination, like, you know, and, and living in a place of curiosity and wonder. And, you know, when I observe the world around me, I see a lot of people have lost that. You know, as we get older, it seems harder to keep that childlike wonder and curiosity. Yes. And yet, really, that's the life. If we look at children, that's really what we bring into the world as children, right? Like, everything is new and everything is exciting. And I guess that would be one of my tips. Why don't we live that way anymore? And, right. like, that's one thing I strive to do. So I, maybe I'm not maybe I shouldn't say this, as successful, whatever that means to people, you know, like how do you define success? But I certainly find life fascinating and there's always something interesting to dive into, just as you said. Right. Well, you know, uh, mentioning children, that sense of wonder and joy that they always have because everything's new. Uh, one of the things that I am is a martial artist, okay? And there's this this phrase that once you learn anything, you're sort of filling your cup with that knowledge, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes you have to be able to consciously empty your cup so that you can fill it again with new things. And you're right, that's something that as as we age, we forget to empty our cup. Yeah. And then nothing new goes in and that whatever's in that cup gets a little stagnant and uh I don't think that's good. I mean, you know, far be it for me to tell other people how to live. Uh, and some people get very set in their ways, right? Yes. But uh, I like emptying my cup and starting new things. We we got off track. I wanted to ask you. <laughs> so you okay, know, when, the, clearly we could talk all day. I know. One of the things I'll just say is I, I like to look at myself as a complacency shaker because I like to really observe the world around me. And then not necessarily, I mean, that's one of the things I do with my writing is like, how do I bring a perspective pe to people where they actually take a look at themselves, take a look at what do I believe in? How am I living? Where can I shift things like so that I'm really living more of an, a life that really feels inspired? Right. Um, and, you know, sometimes I think all of us, like, we have to reassess, like you said, and like empty the cup or empty the huge bowl or empty the huge pitcher, right, that we're carrying around. And like I've always said, what's next? And people say, well, why does there always have to be some, you know, well, what's next? And it's like, I'm not sure. I don't really think there's a point in defending it. It's sort of the way some people are. And other people are very comfortable picking something and staying with that their whole life, yes. which is also yeah. something to honor in people, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. something that we learn, you know, as we get older, too. Now, as long as yeah. you're sharing tips with people, because yes. um, you've, you've mentioned a couple of things, why don't you share some more tips with, with other baby boomers on maybe, you know, how to see themselves differently, how to empty their pitcher, you know, that they're think, carrying around and, and deal with their health and wellness. You know, there are a lot of people, as we get older, um, things happen, you know, mm -hmm. and you, for, for the first time in the last couple of years, it, for the first time in my life, I finally reached an age where I have friends who die, you know, they get mm -hmm. cancer or something, you know, when you're younger, you don't think about all that. And then as you get older, suddenly it starts to seem that everyone is sick and, you know, yeah, I mean, I have a mother. I have a mother who literally just turned one hundred, and we just had a hundredth birthday party for her. That is, and she, wonderful. you know, I mean, she's like this incredible inspiration. If I, I say, if I could bottle her and actually spread her out into the population, we would have this very joyful, healthy population. 
And I, you know, I mean, her secret really is her mind over her matter. And like I mind over matter. I am certainly not that person. I'm much more serious. I've taken life very seriously. I have had health issues throughout my life Mm -hmm. and I've had to make a lot of tough decisions for myself. And I think the world we live in, this is, I mean, guess one of the tips is very noisy. There's a lot of information and a lot of it conflicts one another. And it's like, who do you listen to? Um, so this whole idea of trusting your own intuition, and I know it sounds such like such maybe a cavalier comment to people, but I think it's really getting more and more important to do what your inner voice, your intuition actually says is right for you, because there is no one right way for every person. It really is an individual journey we're on. And I think people look to doctors and they look to health professionals and I mean, I've, I have a lot of stories in my book where I walked away from the traditional medical profession because I didn't really like the answers they were giving me. And it was like, okay, well, let me find someone who has some other answers or some other possibilities. So that's this idea of being told something would be impossible. And yet I would say, well, you know what, let's see what's possible when it actually comes to the human spirit. So in some ways it defies what the physicality or what the only the physical realm would say is possible. We have much more resilience and we have much more will. And that's what I, I just literally wrote an article about my mother because she really does defy what's possible when it comes to aging. When people meet her, they just go, this is not really possible. You're, you're kidding that she's 100, right? <laughs> and there's just something in there. And it's not that she came from a family who had no health issues because Honestly, they had diabetes and they had arthritis and there was heart disease. You know, there was all the typical chronic degenerative diseases. And here she is, the last one standing, the one at 100, who still tells people this is her philosophy. Talk yourself out of it. Like whatever. And I mean, I know it sounds very trite and trivial to people, but for some reason it works for her. And it's a very inspiring way to live. It really does say she's never been that concerned about what she eats. I mean, she was athletic when she was young. And, you know, all these things that we talk about now, and we're so in some ways obsessed in our, you know, youth-oriented culture. Like, how do we stay young forever? And what are the proper exercises? And what's the proper food? And all of that's important. But really, mindset is so key. And trusting yourself. And when I learned that, it didn't matter what anyone told me, whether they were a medical professional, whoever they were, I went, you know what? I'm making this choice for myself and I'm taking responsibility for it. And whatever happens, that's really what the result will be. And like I said, it was really touch and go, but I'm here. I transformed very major health issues in the last 12 years. And I mean, that's part of the message that I, I, I think are the tips that I want to give people. It's possible. And that is another one. There's always another way. So no matter what anyone tells you, don't buy into it. If you have questions, ask a ton of questions. That's one of my hallmarks too. It's like, right. well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. And it's like just really feeling comfortable yourself that it's your choice and not that you're doing something because it's something out there. And I think there is a lot of out there for many of us right now and, right. and a lot of advice. Now, I, I have a specific question for you based, based on something that you just told us. And that is, okay. what if you're not in touch with your intuition. I, I ha- I'm an engineer, so I'm very analytical about everything. And I tend to be less intuitive or I don't know if I ignore it or I try to explain it away mm-hmm. you know, with systems. So how can I become, I don't know if it's becoming more intuitive. How can I find my intuition and listen to it? How, how can I hear it? You know, and I think there's a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. Some people use meditation or being in a very silent place. 
I mean, I do something like gardening. I mean, you know, I mean, it's something simple that actually resonates for you where you can be quiet and like where you're not being influenced by all the impulses around you. Because I think it is really noisy in the world. And I think there's a lot of people who are afraid in some ways to trust themselves. And it does take a lot of, in some ways, it takes a lot of guts to trust your gut, if that makes sense to you, right? Right. And it's just a matter of practicing it. Because I used to be one of these people who would ask everybody their opinion. Then I go, okay, let's get all the consensus together. Who has more of this opinion? And I think there came a turning point in my life where I just went, um, okay, none of that sounds like what I want to do. And it's not the answers that I want to hear. And believe me, I had times when my family didn't even agree with me. And that's tough when you go out on your own. Mm -hmm. Is there one method? There's a lot. I'm sure there's a lot. I, you know, I created this little PDF called five tips for tapping into your intuition and trusting it every time. And there's, there's a lot of different techniques online. And I think it's really finding again, what's individual, what resonates for you and not discounting it. And I think that comes to trusting yourself and like, where do we lose that? You know, because there's all kinds of tests online to check your right versus your left brain. And I mean, I'm quite analytical as well. I'm analyzing everything. But I've also learned to really integrate the right brain, which is more the intuition and which is the imagination. And I mean, I, you know, it's, it's like hard to say to everyone, if you do this, you'll be more in touch with your intuition. I think it's also the desire to be able to sure, tap like in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. If you want it, you're, you're going you, to be able to find it. Is, right is basically it. So what do you see as the biggest challenges boomers are facing in terms of their health? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, uh, I was just writing about this, the quality of our food has kind of disintegrated so much. The nutrient density is... I just heard this two weeks ago, that the macronutrient density of of our food over the last 40 years has degraded if i could remember the statistics it's horrendous well i'm this i put this in this latest article that i hope gets published but like for example apples uh are 41 percent less filled with vitamin a than they were between 1963 and 2001 so in that period because we had mass farming because of pesticides because of chemicals because of genetically modified ingredients so I mean, the unfortunate reality is when I look at my mother's generation, the food was not adulterated and they could actually get much more nutrition from the food they ate and they ate in season. We in North America are spoiled. We do not eat in season and that's apparently very, very key. But, you know, I mean, I really believe in nutritional supplementation. It's a very uh, interesting, um, very interesting topic because it's not very well regulated. But I'm in, like I said, I'm involved with a team where we are with, you know, a company that pharmaceutical grade supplements where what's on the labels in you know in in it and i and i think we have to supplement i think gone are the days we're just eating organic because i eat a healthy organic diet i don't eat a lot of additives or you know preservatives we still need to supplement so i think that's one of the biggest health challenges and the vitality shows on your face like i mean we can look at someone and see whether they're basically still alive and vital and, and have a lot of energy or whether they're kind of dragging themselves through the right, day. Right. So I think that is one big challenge. And I think people have to be, not have to be, but like really choose not to be so cavalier about it, right? And I mean, I've been, I've been watching, I don't know if Michael Pollan, if you know who he is, he writes about food and he has some amazing books and he has a new series called Cooked. And he's really talking about how 
the meal has disintegrated so much in the American family. And that was really our lifeline to our humanity and maybe, you know, in many ways, how we would cook food and how we would share food together. And we live in like, you know, a very fast paced, stressful world right now. And the first thing that seems to go is like the quality of what we're putting into our bodies and how we're nourishing ourselves on all levels. Right. So we're looking for convenience and it's not just in our food. We're looking for convenience everywhere and so we're compromising everything absolutely as well you know I, I still choose the longer way I really trust my body so I mean I I'm not the person who goes for antibiotics if if I had a cold or the flu you know yeah, I'm like okay well, what's a natural way to really allow the body whatever the body is saying to us I mean that's one way to really be in touch with your intuition what is your body telling you and one of the things that like, I really understand is when your body is craving certain foods, there's something that you are missing. Right. And to really honor that, you know? So those are just, I mean, a few tips, but it's really being more conscious. And I think making conscious choices, because I think a lot of what we do in our world now that is so busy and so stressful is very mindless, mindless choosing. Well, like you talk about the noise, it's, it's yeah. mindless chatter and, and you're just sort of wading through and not really thinking about what you're doing and I think it requires for all of us and I think boomers especially if longevity is one of the things that's on your list it's like you know really be kind to yourself look after yourself make choices that support your health support your vitality so I mean that's a big one for me I've had health issues since I was 12 so this has been really my life's journey I go it's like this journey back to health and like and somewhat times I go oh I wonder if it could have been quicker if I would have been smarter whatever smarter means or made different choices, you know, because our personalities and our egos on some levels are very large and they want to do what they want to do. And it really is a matter of taking the time, listening to yourself and just making choices that support yourself, whatever those are. So, so for the person who's listening to this or, or watching this interview and they're saying to themselves, shoot, I've, I've had uh, health issues for a long time or I haven't felt well in a really long time. I can't remember the last time I felt well. Yeah. And they're watching this. What would you tell them to do right now, today? What could what could they start to make a change now so they can get back on the right track? I think it has to do with listening. So like, you know, there's this quote by Kevin Trudeau, I think it says most people don't know how good it feels to be in the human body or something to that effect. And it's like, you're right. People walk around and they go, well, I guess I'm okay. Like, I don't have really any overt aches and pains. My suggestion is always start listening when you hear the little whispers. I call them the little whispers, the little ache, the little pain, the little message, you know, that your body is trying to, to convey to you. And don't wait until you have a major crisis or something really chronic. And I think it does come to, I think food is, is always the place to start. And I think being kinder, I mean, sleep is imperative. It's and really important, right? It Sleep. really is. We and we like, to get less and less of it as we get older, and yet it's, it's still vitally important. It is, and we live very inflammatory lifestyles. So I'm part of, and I, hopefully this is okay to say, Dr. Christian Northrup's team, health and wellness team, and really the lifestyles we've created are very inflammatory in all ways. Mm -hmm. And it's like how, and that's at the root of, of most of the chronic degenerative diseases that we're, we're witnessing now. And nobody seems to be escaping or someone in their family is having them. So it's really taking notice, 
food definitely, nutritional supplementation. If you feel that there's something off, it's like don't ignore it, like, you know, pay attention to it. And what steps can you take to see if you can feel better? There's a lot of conversation about, you know, certain foods that can be irritants. And it really, you know, what I've discovered is it really is individual. I could say maybe it's dairy, maybe it's gluten. I mean, we've all heard these things, right? But until you try it for yourself, just take some step to see what, when do I feel better? Right. And I would imagine in order to really know that, you need to keep a little journal. You know, I ate this, you know, these things at this time and this time and this time. And and over a series of pages or time, you'll be able to look back and say, I felt really good that day. I felt really crappy that day. Yeah. And maybe you can start to figure it out. And your intuition along a little bit, maybe. Absolutely. And don't discount your emotional life because like one of the things I've learned is nothing really ever happens on the physical level, only in the physical level. And that might be fairly shocking to some people. There's always some disconnect in another level of our being. It just manifests, you know, in the physical level because that's the densest form. Right. But there's no real surprises. So I'm sure you've heard also people go, wow, I really, I mean, I don't know. I was feeling okay. And all of a sudden I have this chronic disease. It's like, well, it didn't just go from feeling okay to having it. There's a lot going on in between. And I feel like people have many more choices now. And I think people are exercising more and people are caring about their health and uh, about their longevity. But it really is to me about being more conscious, making the choices that support you. And in some ways, putting yourself first. I think especially boomer women, there's a lot of conversation about how women have spent so many years putting everyone else in their family first. Yes. And then, you know, I mean, there's a lot of changes that go on as, as we move into the boomer years. And it's like, they're not like a life sentence. Like, you know, they're really just natural changes. <laughs> and it's like, how do we live with them and work with them and still be healthy and still right. be vital? And I actually believe it's all possible. So. Right. That's the good news. Well, there's, there's so many resources for people, and you are one of them, my dear. So please let everyone know how they can get in touch with you. Where's the best place to find you? I'm kind of everywhere, but my website is beverlygolden.com. And the Beverly is with an L-E-Y, so beverlygolden.com. And then, you know, I love hearing from people. Um, I'm one of these people. I love having conversations. So if you feel inclined to reach out to me and to find out more, I mean, you know, I'm on the Huffington Post for my articles on my own blog. So really, I try to spread this mess. I, I consider myself a messenger of possibility. So that's what I do when I'm writing. It's like, maybe this is possible. Maybe you haven't looked at this in your own life yet. And like, what's possible when you ask more questions, when you make more choices? And I think that life is here to be lived to the max. And if you're not happy with what you're doing in life and you don't have any fun and any joy, I think that also affects our health. Mm-hmm. And that's a big lesson I've learned from my mother. Everything goes off her, I don't know, it's like water off a duck's back, as they say. You know, she doesn't let anything, she doesn't take anything too seriously. She just has this real joy of living. And sounds, She sounds wonderful. Yeah, she's... She's, as, a, as her daughter, if I step back objectively, I see what everyone sees, you know. She's yeah. really quite amazing. She really has this incredible spirit, and she just wants to be here. I mean, right. doesn't that make a big difference, right, when you want to be here, and you want to be alive, and you want to be mm-hmm. engaged? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's so wonderful. And for those of you listening, you know that I, I always include links uh, to my guests back in the show notes. So when you go to Boomer's Ultimate Podcast, ultimateguidepodcast.com, um, you'll be able to find the link 
to Beverly Golden's website there in case you can't remember how to spell Beverly and there Golden. You go. <laughs> and uh, like, like she said, it's L-E-Y. And sometimes that's hard to remember too. So you can always come back to the podcast and follow that link and look her up and see what she's up to, which is a ton of stuff like all of you. You know, you reach a certain age, you're up to a lot of things. So before I let you go today, uh, I always like to ask my guests if they have a favorite quote or a little, a brief story, you know, that they'd like to leave us with before we go. I have so many stories that are in my book and they, you know, a lot of them have to do with health, but I think really just repeating that kind of mantra that I've learned to live my life by, like trust your intuition, even when no one else sees your point of view. Because when you do that, it's like, it's just such an amazingly free way to move into your life and to just, I guess, trust yourself and trust your choices. So right. I'll, I'll just leave them with that. Right. And if you can't trust yourself, who, who else are you going to trust? There's a lot of people who trust everyone else around them and they don't trust themselves. And that's, that's too bad. That, yeah. yeah, that's not a good thing. I hear my dog barking in the background. I hope, uh, <laughs> I hope he doesn't get too yappy. But uh, we've reached the end of our time together, so he, he picked a, a good moment to decide to get restless. There you Beverly go. Beverly Golden, it has been wonderful speaking to you. Thank you so much. It was great. Love to talk to you again. I'm sure there's a lot of commonalities that we could talk I'm, about with I'm you sure, and your guests. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there are. There are a lot of That's things. It. And I just want to tell people the name of your book one more time, too. And I can put a, a link to this also. I'll put this in the show notes. Confessions okay. of a Middle-Aged Hippie. Because I just, I love that title so much. I just had to say it again. So Beverly Golden, thank you so much for coming to Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast. And for those of you out there, remember we, we release a new episode every Tuesday afternoon at, I have to think, it's around 2 p.m. Eastern time, uh, give or take. So cut me a little slack, around 2 p.m. Eastern time every Tuesday. And until next time, I would very much like you to take care. Boom, baby. That's it for now. See you next time on Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast.